0: Hi, and welcome to The Cyclical Podcast. My name is Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and a women's cyclical health expert. This podcast is a space where we demystify all of the bad hormone advice we've been given and instead get back down to the foundations. Your dream of regular pain-free periods, balanced hormones, and vibrant energy is within reach. Join me and other incredible experts here every single Monday for conversations that are sure to be life-changing. Let's get started. Hi everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited, if you didn't read the title, it's true, I'm pregnant, I'm gonna be a mama. And in this episode, I'm so excited to share with you a lot of different things, my thoughts on prenatals, um, what kind of birth plan am I planning, what have been my symptoms, how would I approach morning sickness or how would I mitigate the effects of morning sickness and so much more. Also, if my audio sounds a little different, it's because we moved. We are in a beautiful, beautiful home space with the most pristine yard. And I'm just so, so happy here. Um, But if it sounds a little echoey. uh, That's why I'm still filling the home. And then it's all hardwood floors, which I love. But Oliver and his little I jokingly call him his little rat claws sometimes are so annoying, like everywhere he walks. So I'm going to do my best to keep the outside noise to a minimal, but that's why I sound different today. Also, before we get too deep into the episode, this week only, the Doors for Period Reboot are open. This is the program that has helped hundreds and hundreds of women take action with their hormone health and get to the root of their symptoms like PMS, acne, infertility, weight changes, bloat, thyroid disorders, and more, so if you're getting the runaround with your doctor or you're not getting any answers beyond, Give birth control another shot. You need to be part of this program. The link is in the bio, or you can go to CassandraWilder.com period. This is also the first step in working with me one-on-one. So if you've ever wanted to work with me as your ND and your integrative doctor, then period reboot is the first step to make that a reality. So again, link is in the show notes or CassandraWilder.com period, and the doors close later this week. So it's really surreal to share That I'm pregnant. I announced it on Instagram about a week ago and I could cry right now. I cry about everything right now (laughs) but the outpour of love was just really overwhelming and beautiful Um, just to know that all of you are so kind and, and have so much love for me and of course I have so much love for all of you but I just wasn't expecting the overflow of love and support so thank you. I'm sure some of you listening to this episode are just curious, you want to listen to what I have to say today. And I appreciate that. And some of you maybe are trying to conceive. So you're wanting to have some ideas about what you could do to support ovulation right now and and prepare your body for your beautiful initiation into motherhood. Or maybe you recently found out you're pregnant. I've been so honored by how many of you have reached out and said like, Cassandra, congrats. And by the way, I'm six weeks pregnant. What What do I do? And A, that's so epic. B, I'm like, oh my God, I'm probably the only person in your life besides maybe your partner that knows you're pregnant, so thank you for telling me. And C, like, yeah, I understand. Even knowing as much as I do about women's health, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, whoa, wait, like there's a whole other piece to this puzzle that now I'm invited to dive into because my first question was, okay, but what do I really, really wanna make sure I'm eating and what do I, need to look for in supplementation while pregnant and and yeah it's just funny when suddenly you're experiencing it you're like you gotta question your knowledge base and you suddenly realize there's a lot more to learn just a couple years ago getting pregnant like this would have been a really distant dream because at that time i was not ovulating most months my periods were super irregular and i had hypothyroidism my numbers have since completely returned to normal so don't give up my friends living with a thyroid disorder um, it can be done i'm living proof and while that season of my life was so hard and sad and very confusing and nobody seemed to know how to approach my symptoms or what they meant it was also the loving kick in the butt that i needed to really take my health seriously um, to move away from being plant-based to move away from my obsession with exercise and intense cardio and hot yoga seven days a week and just this mentality of more and more and more, and really more so chasing a body type over my own health. And so of course by the time my thyroid was having issues and I wasn't ovulating and I was anemic and I was all these things, it was like, of course, the body whispers before it shouts. And I had been ignoring all the whispers for years and now finally when my health was literally shattering before me, I knew it was my time to shift my whole mindset and mentality around health, and especially nutrition, and focus more on healing metabolically, and really focusing in on my thyroid. So it's been an incredible couple years, so if you need that reassurance that healing is possible, or you can support your thyroid, or you can change your lab numbers really significantly, please know it is possible and through all this i feel very very blessed and just so grateful that pregnancy has arrived here and i just get to now ride these waves of it and learn so much about my body and motherhood and pregnancy and birth and i get to now share some of that with all of you so i knew really really quickly that i was pregnant (laughs) you could call it mother's intuition but it was also just having such awareness of my body, I just had a really good idea when something was immediately different because after I ovulated maybe five to seven days later when I was entering my luteal phase, (laughs) y'all, my boobs hurt so bad. Like I really understand now when some people say they get extreme breast tenderness during their luteal phase every month, like I have a newfound sense of compassion and empathy for that because I've only ever had like minimal to maybe moderate breast pain sometimes. And this was like, I wanted to strap my boobs down with a bra. I couldn't lay on my stomach. I was like, don't touch me <laughs> to my partner. Like just stay away from me. I was in so much pain. If I was walking downstairs without a bra, I would literally have to cup my boobs just to not make them move. And, That was immediately my first like, there is something very weird happening here. So I I immediately had a suspicion that it had happened. And when I was looking at my app and looking at my temp drop specifically to see when we had timed intimacy with ovulation, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm pretty sure this just worked. And um, a couple of weeks later, as I approached maybe like cycle day 26, 27, 28, I was still watching my temperatures. And if you didn't know, when you become pregnant, you start making a lot more progesterone and progesterone is a warming hormone. And so technically you wouldn't have to take a pregnancy test if you were really accustomed to your temperatures, because as you approach your quote missing period, your temperatures just keep going up and up and up and up and so after 10 to 14 days you could have a true confirmation that you are indeed pregnant because there's so much progesterone being produced that your body temperature is literally increasing by the day so between how we had timed intimacy and then my mega painful boobs <laughs> and then my temperature is just continuing to go up i was like 99.9 percent sure i was pregnant and then finally i think on like day 30 i was like okay well let's just take a test just so I can know for sure and sure enough peed on the stick and there it was the line of you are pregnant and I was honestly super shocked it just had all happened so quickly and so I don't know it just I was surprised I guess that that quickly and that efficiently it was like here you go and um, of course, that's just my experience, and I'm not saying that to to cause any pain to anybody who's been trying for a long time and not had success yet. But um, I just truly was in shock. I did not tell my fiance in a cute way at all. You know, I know some people like, I don't know, have like a whole way in that you tell your partner you're pregnant. But I was just so shocked. I was like. I'm sorry, I have to rob you of the cute moment experience. I just have to tell you. So he came home from work that same day and I was like, babe, I'm pregnant. And he was such an angel. He just held me and just was like, this is the most incredible thing that's ever happened. We're so lucky, you're gonna be the best mom. And it was just so beautiful. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment to reaffirm like, whoa, yeah, everything's gonna be okay. This is exciting. This is what we wanted and it's happening. And I just really appreciated his response so much. He was not mad. Luckily that I did not do anything cutesy or (laughs) didn't get anything on video or, you know, all the cute things other people have done that I wish I could have done, but I really needed that immediate support. So finding out I was officially pregnant, I personally decided to tell quite a few people in my close friends and family that I was pregnant. I decided to do that, and this may be controversial, so we'll see, we'll see who messages me about this. (laughs) But I wanted to do that because A, I wanted the support, and I wanted the support no matter what was gonna happen. So I wasn't trying to live in fear that I was gonna lose the baby per se, but I just knew that no matter whether this baby chooses to go the whole journey with me or the baby decides that right now wasn't the right time, I wanted my close friends and family to know I was pregnant and to have that support from them. At some point, I'd like to do a podcast episode on miscarriage or pregnancy loss, not to like totally deter from my whole pregnancy announcement, but I had a very close friend last year have two miscarriages, and I had never personally seen someone experience a miscarriage. I had no idea how painful and just how much comes out of you when you're miscarrying and just how... I just didn't didn't understand the depths of it, honestly. And so it just gave me such a new awareness. And then after she went through those experiences, it was like every woman I knew was like, oh yeah, I had a miscarriage between my second and third child or 25 years ago I had one. And I just was like, how is this again, another wound, another experience that so many women carry, but never are able to share, you know? Like I think that's where a lot of the the quote shame and the... The feeling that we did something wrong arises from is because it's a secret and it doesn't have to be that way. So again, maybe controversial, but I just knew that I wanted the close people in my life to know that I was pregnant. And I knew that no matter what happened, I wanted and needed their support. So I was not going to wait until I was 12 weeks or 15 weeks or whatever to tell my mom, to tell my group of friends, to tell my partner's family. Like that just to me, intuitively was not right for me. I'll be curious to hear how many of you shared, quote, really early or how many of you intuitively knew you wanted to wait until that 12, 15 week mark. I'd honestly love to hear what you did. So you can send me a message on Instagram and let me know. But um, yeah, so I did tell people really early in my life because that's what felt right for me. Um, The next part though was, you know, my first big questions were immediately, like, what should I be doing? What should I be eating? And should I be doing different supplements? And this is where (laughs) low life, life is so funny. If you've been pregnant or really, if you've been into health at all, you know that there's so many opinions about everything. And of course, once I started to do just a touch of research, like on Google about pregnancy, I just quickly was like, this is not the kind of information that I agree with knowing what I know about minerals and hormone balance, these, you know, suggestions to avoid vitamin A, so don't eat liver and don't eat too many eggs and stuff was like literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I don't know, as I started to look at some of the prenatals, I was looking at what they put in these prenatals. And I was like, this isn't even adequate for what a pregnant woman needs. And so quickly, I just realized, again, like, I'm going to have to do a lot of this research because I'm not trusting any of these websites. I'm not trusting What the average doctor is even going to be saying and so i need to do my own research so that i know that i'm doing what's right for my baby so like with prenatals this is a big one i have an instagram post i'll be posting at some point here with more depth about this but i started to look up all the big name prenatals that we all know i'm not going to say any names we all know the like 10 or so big name natural prenatals that are touted to be super great And I'm not saying don't take prenatals, and I'm not saying maybe for some people they can't be better than nothing, but where I was doing a lot nutritionally and then also wanted to supplement really intentionally, just to me, a lot of these were literal crap, (laughs) to be really frank. They had poor quality ingredients, and I'll explain what what I mean by that in a second. So for example, they all have vitamin C in them, but their source of vitamin C is ascorbic acid which is something that depletes copper. So I do not want that form of vitamin C, but it's a lot cheaper form, ascorbic acid, than say using a food-based approach like acerola, cherries, or even rose hips. So it's, it's of course always kind of about money at the end of the day. It's cheaper ingredients so that there's more money in someone's pocket. Uh, but there was another example, right? So they all have vitamin A, but they have the source of vitamin A as beta carotene, which is a plant based source, so like what you would find in a carrot. Well, it's a pretty difficult process for the body to turn beta carotene into retinol or bioavailable vitamin A. And so this is interesting too. Up to 45% of people can't really even make that conversion from beta carotene into retinol or vitamin A. And so, again, it's just the perfect example of on paper, sure, this all looks great, awesome, you got your vitamin C and cool, you got your beta carotene, but a food-based approach would be so much more valuable here. Rather than vitamin C, yeah, either ingest enough good citrus and cherries or rose hips or supplement with those things, rather than some beta carotene, drink some milk or have some yogurt or cottage cheese or liver, or eggs, or any of these things where that is naturally very much present. It's just silly, really, when you start to look at it. The other thing was a lot of them didn't have enough of what I do want, so the magnesium levels in most of these were way lower than what I need while pregnant. And there's a huge emphasis on iron while pregnant, where our, our needs for iron really are not as high as we may think, and also you're not bleeding while you're pregnant, and so you're not losing massive amounts of iron every month, and we do have a very, very intricate iron recycling system in our bodies, and our bodies are much better at pulling iron from the foods we eat than a man's body. So through and through, I just was looking at these supplements. like they're 50, 60, 70 dollars, and to me, I, there was just no way I was going to waste my money taking things that to me were not not even worthwhile a, a super low cheap quality i feel like i'm on a soapbox but <laughs> i'm just trying to be really unfiltered and honest to friends so that if you're curious this can maybe answer some questions for you or you can say i love my prenatal you know whatever to each their own this is what i'm choosing to do so instead of the traditional prenatal route i already have a really you know specific way in which I eat, I'll share more about that in a second. So much of my nutrients are coming from food, which is what we want. We shouldn't be taking 20 different supplements to quote, fix ourselves. Your food should be giving you most of what you need. But the couple supplements I did choose to take are beef liver for my vitamin A, for my copper, for my iron balanced with copper, for my B vitamins, I chose to take vitamin E and a magnesium, and then I did supplement with folate in the first trimester. Um, You obviously can also get folate from food perfectly easily. Um, I just, there were a few things that I don't normally eat that have high sources of folate, so I didn't want to stress and feel like I was depleting the baby of, of one thing that is obviously very important. So that's why I did not choose to do a prenatal because literally not a single one, and I'm like, oh God, some supplement rep is listening to this and they're gonna be like, well, how about this one? (laughs) Um, Literally every single one I looked at online did not meet the needs that I had and they did not have the forms of the vitamins or minerals that I wanted, meaning they were cheap options that my body may not even be able to assimilate or use. So at the end of the day, expensive urine as they say. So most of my nutrition, like I said, comes from my food. And so I chose to listen to what my body was naturally craving because our cravings are very wise while we're pregnant. I'll talk more about that in a second, but my body has been craving raw milk and cottage cheese and butter, sourdough toast, dried mangoes, ripe fruits. And these are all things that are extremely dense in vitamins and minerals. And then of course, I haven't honestly been craving meat as much, but I do eat animal protein every single day. So that's, it's just interesting that I haven't been like craving a steak or anything like that. It's more so been like, I really want a giant glass of raw milk and I want a piece of toast with like the most obnoxious amount of butter you've ever seen on it. Those are my cravings and our cravings do tell us something that we need. So for example, I've had clients that are really down on themselves. They're like, I don't know why I can't stop eating ice cream. Like I'm just craving ice cream. And rather than being like, Oh, that's so horrible. I like to say, well, I wonder why. Is it because you're not eating enough food? So your body's craving the sugar, the glucose, that quick energy, that's very valid. Maybe your body was craving the fat. It wants that like heavy cream, You're fat deficient, or, Something like dairy does have a lot of vitamin A and even vitamin D. And so, again, are you really just out of control when you can't stop eating ice cream? Or is your body so freaking smart that it knows what nutrient it needs and it knows what foods have that nutrient? This could be said even for the, quote, junk food. Um, Like, I just remember... Like 10 years ago, I had a friend who all she wanted to drink while pregnant were slushies. And I have a lot of opinions about that. And it just sounds so nasty. But to me now, I'm like, now I've just bet she probably wasn't eating enough. She probably was living on a lot of processed food because she didn't know better. And her body just needed, it needed carbs, it needed glucose, it needed energy. And so if that's the only thing it could get her to go and ingest, then I guess that's what the body was gonna do. So I think pregnancy cravings are very wise. And even if they seem, quote, unhealthy, like all I want is chocolate, or yeah, I'm, I'm plant-based, but I'm really craving a steak and I don't understand why. I believe in listening to those cravings, obviously within reason, but they're telling us something we need. All of you also have to message me on Instagram and let me know what your food cravings were, because I, I think that's so interesting um i have not craved pickles i really don't have anything very weird yet unless you think raw milk is weird that's i guess the best i can do right now to (laughs) give you something kind of like oh that's weird she's eating that but overall i've been feeling really good and i'm going to talk about morning sickness in a second but first don't come for me i did not have a single day of morning sickness I'm not saying that to brag and be like, I'm so great. I'm just truly just trying to share my experience. And I do get a little like tinge of fear when I say that because I don't want anyone to think I'm dismissing them and I'm not trying to be pretentious or anything like that. But I have a hypothesis as to why this was. But first, um, I had some days of minor fatigue where I wanted to sit down, but I just, I want to say, friends, when I found out I was pregnant and I started to look online, I felt really depressed at what the websites were telling me. You know, so like I'd go on to like whattoexpect.com, which I have a whole opinion about. I'll share in a minute. But they're like, it's week seven of your pregnancy. This week, you're probably going to be throwing up every day and you're going to be super tired. You're probably going to need like a five hour nap and you're probably going to be peeing all day and you're probably going to have a headache and you're probably going to be constipated. And I just was like, Good God. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that is the reality for some people. I'm not dismissing that. But we forget the power of the mind. If I read that and then was waiting all week, like, oh, I'm pregnant. I know I'm going to get morning sickness any second. What do you think going to happen? So I did not like how it just was so depressing to read it. And there was no, like, some people may experience this. And if you do experience this, here's some options to support you. It was just like, you're pregnant. You're probably going to feel like crap for nine months. um, And then you're gonna have a baby. So buckle up buttercup. It just was so off-putting to me. I was like, no, I don't have to feel like crap. I can feel amazing and be pregnant because I can take care of myself. Like, what are y'all talking about? So my morning sickness hypothesis, here it is. I know there's a number of you that have been waiting for this. I did have moments of like waiting for it to happen. Like I remember like week six, seven came around and I was like, okay, no morning sickness. Like week eight or nine came around and I was like, okay, still don't feel it. Week 10 comes around and then I started to be like, maybe I'm not gonna ever get it. Like my first trimester is almost done already. So I just was like, huh. So what have I been doing that maybe is a little different? When I first found out I was pregnant, I was talking to my lovely friend and she was sharing her experience with her daughter and her home birth experience. So she was just painting this beautiful, beautiful picture of what motherhood can be like and I just really appreciated her for that. But she was saying that she got a lot of morning sickness and she was like, do you wanna know the secret to morning sickness? And I was like, yeah, she was like protein. She was like, when I was super sick, I just learned that first thing in the morning I had to eat protein. Like she literally said that bacon was something she craved and she was a a vegan and she chose to honor those cravings uh, for animal protein, which I thought was really cool. And she was like, Cassandra, I would literally cook bacon the night before and I would leave it on my nightstand. And in the morning I would literally wake up and roll over and I'd eat bacon. And she was like, I know this sounds so freaking weird, but I then would not get morning sickness. And so I thought that was really interesting, but I didn't put a ton of thought into it. But all of you that follow me on Instagram know I'm really religious about eating breakfast. It's a non-negotiable. I wake up, I drink some water and I eat probably within 10, 15 minutes most days. And usually I'm eating cottage cheese, or some yogurt, or some kefir, or I may do some scrambled eggs, or some salmon, or it really varies day by day, but protein is always there. And then, those of you that have been in Period Reboot know this, I eat protein every three to four hours, maybe even a little more frequently right now since I'm pregnant. And so my hypothesis, to make a long story short, is if enough protein is being ingested, if we're eating immediately upon waking and we're not fasting throughout the day, that maybe morning sickness could be managed. Just a a hypothesis, not claiming to have the new cure-all, but give it a try. If you are struggling with morning sickness, I would say try that. And if you're like, you don't understand I can't eat anything, try to find the one thing you can eat. There's gonna be one thing that sounds decent for you. Like I said, raw milk sounds kind of weird, but anytime I have felt just a little off, I swear to God, just drinking a big cup of raw milk really settles my stomach and raw milk is cool because it has like nine grams of protein and like nine grams of fat and then like seven grams of carbs. So it's a really cool, balanced food. In the first place but it is going to be another protein source so that's my theory let me know what y'all think i think that's the most obvious thing that i already was really religious about that i just continue doing um and definitely I've been hungry more. I have a bigger appetite. Sometimes it's kind of annoying because I'll like make this big, beautiful breakfast and two hours later, I'm like, why are you hungry again? I just fed you. Like I just finished like the dishes from the first meal. Are you kidding me? But I really think that's part of it too is not skipping meals and not living on your Starbucks and not pushing yourself. You know, it's gonna be eating really, consistently and having lots of snacks and just remembering that your body is growing a baby, it is growing a placenta, it's growing an umbilical cord, your uterus is expanding, like there's a lot going on and we can't even fathom how many calories and how much nutrition we really need right now, a lot. It's said that a baby takes approximately four pounds of minerals from a mom through the pregnancy and birth journey. So this is also why replenishing your minerals actively every day while you're pregnant is also going to help you not experience other unpleasant symptoms down the road. Like you hear about women that give birth and then they have all this shedding, they're losing all their hair. And that's just a perfect sign that your body gave everything it had to this baby. So selfless, but it's also not really a good sign because it shows you didn't have a lot to start with in the first place. And again, there's no judgment with that, it's just, another way to read the body and say, okay, I gotta be a little more intentional about how I'm getting my minerals. I can't live on processed foods and plant-based meats and stuff, in my opinion, while pregnant, I need to be getting the real thing that has real nutrients and real minerals. And that way I can stay above what my baby is gonna need to take from me. Whew, that was long-winded, okay. If you're still here, great job. Um, you must really be interested to hear all this. Um, so I kind of mentioned that I really didn't like some of these apps like The Bump and What to Expect Personally because I found them to be not that helpful. I did like hearing or reading every week how big the baby was and like what was developing and just kind of having a an idea of size. Like I know some people are so annoyed by the fruit thing but it was really helpful for me to be like It's a blueberry this week and now it's a strawberry wow that's incredible and just it was i thought it was cute and helpful for me to conceptualize this little being growing in my tummy and um but i didn't really like the other parts of the websites and i did not like that starting at like week 10 i think what to expect was like you need to go get your flu shot right now and again, not going to go down that rabbit hole, but there was just a 0% chance that that's something I would do while pregnant. So it just really rubbed me the wrong way and uh, just felt very fear-mongery. So I then was trying to find, you know, kind of a resource for weekly information that was not going to tell me to get a flu shot or advertise a bunch of prenatals to me. (laughs) And I really didn't find one. So if you know of one, that's not fear mongery, Uh, I'd be interested to hear about it, but I just ended up doing books. So like natural motherhood books that go through the pregnancy journey. And the one that my sister gave me is really nice. It has affirmations in it and it does talk about size. It talks about what I can do to support myself that week. And that to me just felt a lot more supportive than the other stuff, but that's just how I felt. I feel like right now I'm just getting into the phase where I get to feel excited, like excited about buying baby clothes and maternity clothes. I had done a post on Instagram though, talking about how it's like weird, all the maternity stores have like poofed. Like back in the day, there used to be motherhood maternity at most malls and I don't think they exist anymore. So it sounds like it's, a, it's mostly online shopping, which is fine. I just kind of wanted to go try things on since I'm right now in that kind of awkward, like depending on the day, I look kind of pregnant, but then the next day I don't look pregnant at all. And it really fluctuates day to day. And so I don't have the like big cute bump yet. That's really perfect for most of these outfits. But the ones that I'm excited to try out are Pink Blush. That seems to be a really cool maternity website and I really like their dresses. And then I really wanna try a bump suit. I saw Manifestation Babe on Instagram wearing them and they're so cute. They're like literal like kind of onesie things that go like above your knee and then they're like a tank top on top. And I guess they're just like butter and they're super comfortable in your tummy and your boobs and that, yeah, you'll just never wanna take them off apparently. They're like $90 each. So that's why I haven't bought one yet, but I am excited to try one. I've also started to think about my birth plan and what I want that to look like. I think I'm going to do a whole episode on deciding how you want to birth. A number of you reached out and said that you were also newly pregnant and just kind of feeling overwhelmed as to, do you do a hospital birth? Do you do a birth center? Is that a good medium? Why am I picking a home birth? And yeah, there's a few layers to that, but... Mostly for me, I witnessed my sister Meadow. Some of you know her. She came on like early episodes of the podcast, but she home birthed all of her babies and I got to be present for two of them and they just blew my mind. I'd never seen birth be so peaceful. I'd never seen such a powerful woman who just it was so surreal friends. Like she was in the birthing tub. One second she was talking to us like nibbling on some toast laughing with me and the midwife and then the next second she'd be in the contraction moaning and just like moving her body and swaying and me and the doula were pushing on her hips and giving her counter pressure and just telling her we love her and you're so great and then the contraction would be done and then she'd be like so anyway da, 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 da. And I just was like this is so different to the vision I had in my mind of birth where you're you know in a hospital bed your feet are in stirrups. You can't move. The lighting's really bright. Someone's coming in and checking your cervix every couple minutes. I don't know. It just felt so like sweet and Zen and relaxing and her midwife was incredible. And she was there for any kind of emergency, but also gave her space. And then I remember when her daughter Libby was born, she just flowed right out. I just, I couldn't believe it. That was my first, real introduction to like, oh, birth is an emergence, not always an emergency. That's the difference. And then with her uh, la- her daughter, Ray, who's four, it was a similar thing. She was a little more active in that birth. She was in the birth tub, and then she was on the bed, and then she was squatting, and then she was on her hands and knees. And she just was in this primal, beautiful trance, just following what her body wanted and We were there supporting her and then after four or five hours then her baby girl was born and again i just was like i really feel like nobody told me this was possible so had i not had her influence and not seen her birth i'm sure i'd feel a lot more confused and overwhelmed right now so i'm really grateful that she showed me what's possible she showed me that our bodies are incredible and they know how to give birth and so i feel a hundred percent confident going into a home birth and connecting with a midwife here locally and purchasing my birth kit, which I assume is going to include things like the birthing tub. And I honestly couldn't really tell you what's in the birthing kit yet. I haven't bought it yet. So maybe that'll be in my home birth episode. I'll actually talk about what she suggested I buy and what our plan is. And yeah, all the interesting things that I'm about to learn. The big thing though that I've learned from my experience thus far is that birth is a surrender. And so I'm not trying to white knuckle or really attach to anything, but I also have the full confidence and awe that my body knows how to birth and that my body is so incredibly wise and that I'm more than capable to do this. Um, I'm planning on taking a course from Pain-Free Birth on Instagram. If you don't follow her, I'm obsessed, her name's Karen. And, yeah, she just posts the most magical birthing videos where, again, nobody's screaming, nobody's shouting, nobody's strapped down to a bed. Everyone is in their element and the baby flows out and it's just incredible. So I'm planning on taking her course. I think it's called Pain-Free Birth, literally, but essentially how to prepare your body for birth and how to release our fears and release our contraction, you know, our our literal contraction of like, (gasps) I might die and this is so scary and what if I tear or, you know, whatever, all these fears that can come up and how to trust the wisdom of your body, know what your body needs, know when to lean on your health professional, and then also how to make it a really zen, beautiful experience. Like I saw my sister do where the lighting was dim and the room was quiet and, she had light music playing. And like with her newest daughter that was born, her other two little kids were right there, present, watching. And it was, it was just magical, just knowing that they got to see another alternative to birth. Birth can be what you want it to be um, to some extent. And then also birth is the ultimate surrender. So being okay to trust those waves and honor what you and baby need I think I'll do a poll on Instagram, maybe in a week or so after I post this episode to get your questions about home birth. And maybe I'll even ask my midwife a little bit about her perception of all of it too. But um, at the end of the day, I just hope you know that nothing in this episode is me telling you what to do, but it's just reminding you you have options In that if the traditional route of going to an OBGYN and getting a pap smear and... Um, <laughs> I don't know, getting an ultrasound immediately and all that just sounds jarring and not very sacred, then trust your intuition. Or if that all sounds like exactly what you want and you want every last detail checked off on a list, then, then cool. I would just say, trust your intuition and know that it's okay to honor what your body wants, and if you've got. A parent or a mother-in-law or a friend who's just being a real negative nancy and really dismissing you i think this is another beautiful initiation for you mama bear to be like this is my body and my baby so like back off <laughs> i have definitely felt that a little bit um, in just the few encounters i've had of people projecting a lot of their birth trauma onto me and just being like, okay, well, I'm really sorry that happened to you, but that's not my experience. So like, why are we talking about it? And I think you gotta protect yourself and protect your baby in this moment because it's nobody else's right to tell you what to do with your body. And you have limited options unlimited, not limited, unlimited options right now. You just have to listen to your body and listen to your gut and listen to your baby and you'll know the right things to do when it comes to everything from your cravings to should you do a prenatal, morning sickness stuff, if you're wanting to go with a home birth or a hospital birth or something like a birth center. So I feel like I've just talked on and on and on. (laughs) Thank you so much for hearing me. And again, thank you for celebrating with me. And I hope something I said in this episode either affirmed something you've been feeling Or presented just kind of a new option, something you didn't know existed or gave you permission even to listen to your body and to shut out voices of criticism or, well, back in my day, we didn't do that or whatever. And just remember your body is innately wise and our bodies are literally meant to do this. So when it is our time or if we ever decide it's our time, then then our bodies are here to support us. And that's my firm belief. So yeah, anyway, what I'm looking forward to is, yeah, buying some baby onesies and finding some cute maternity clothes. I'll have to post them on Instagram so you can see what I'm finding and if I find brands that I genuinely like. And yeah, I'll be doing that home birth episode, I think, here in a few weeks. So look out for my stories and watch the little uh, comment box so that you can ask whatever questions you want. And like I said, if I don't know the answer, then I think I'll just ask my midwife to maybe share her perspective if she's open to that and why maybe someone should pick a hospital birth over a home birth. So thank you so much for being here, friends. Again, this is the last week to join Period Reboot to take your hormones into your own hands and get to the root of your symptoms. And uh, yeah, It's an incredible program. Just go read the testimonials on the website and I think you'll see the magic that I'm talking about. All right, friends, so much love and I'll see you soon thank you so much for tuning into the cyclical podcast today. The best way you can support the show is by rating and reviewing the cyclical podcast on iTunes. It also means so much when you share this on Instagram and tag me. It helps me see what episodes really, really resonated and just keep the goodness coming. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you here next week.